Hello and welcome to Check It Out with EVPO. A podcast from your local library. I'm your host, Ellen. I'm your host, Aaron. And today we have some special guests here in the studio with us. We have... I'm Sam Morris. Uh, I own your brother's bookstore alone. I am Adam Morris. I am the janitor at your brother's bookstore. <laughs> this has been in the works for a long, long time. Yeah, we played uh, a lot of tag back and forth. Yeah. We, yeah. How, how many times have we rescheduled this one? At least three? Yeah, I think it's been over the course of like since March, I think. But it's 100% you guys and not us. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think we started in the season of the witch. Mm-hmm. So how is owning and janitorializing Evansville's finest new independent bookstore. I should probably come clean that I'm not really the janitor. Our store isn't that clean, and I don't want people to come in and judge my janitorial service skills as that. As the owner, I mean, it's okay. We have fun. (laughs) We do have fun. So both of you had kind of been on your own separate journeys from Evansville and then very recently came back and opened up this bookstore together. So what kind of led to that? So when I was young, like sixth grade to eighth grade, uh, our parents were divorced and I would see Adam every other weekend at my dad's house. And we would go to Borders where he worked and I would sit in the cafe and I would read comics or books or whatever for his entire shift. So it kind of became like a, a way for us to bond it was just hanging out at the bookstore he would be working, and every once in a while, he'd pop over and bring me a drink. Now, Borders did go out of business, and this story probably has nothing to do with that. It, it became really a way for us to feel at home. So even after he left Borders, we would go you know, hang out at bookstores and, and things like that. And uh, I don't know. It, it just always felt like home. So then he went to New York, and a couple of years later, I joined the Air Force, and we both were in – we joked at one point that if you drew a line directly across the middle of the country, you would hit all three brothers. So he was in New York, and I was in California, and then our other brothers here. Uh, so it was like the same latitude all the way across, basically. But we both kind of found like home away from homes in little bookstores, and we both just really enjoyed that atmosphere. And then – you know, it it became a thing. Yeah. And anytime we would travel or take a vacation together, one of the things that we would always do was go look at bookstores. And we would buy books that you literally could buy anywhere, but that wasn't the point. We would go into these bookstores and just, you know, smell, wander around, look at things. There's a certain ambience mm-hmm. that a bookstore gives. And we recognized that and wanted to bring it to Evansville. And very glad that we did. Because, like, all these uh, locally owned bookstores, there's always, like, a distinct personality there. You don't get that at, like, Barnes & Noble or some of these, like, like corporate bookstores yeah. and whatnot. We yeah. are American-owned. Yeah. <laughs> good. It's, there's something to be said for when you come back in your bookstore and the people there recognize you and remember what you bought last time and can talk about, you know, last time we talked about you don't like this particular like type of sci-fi. But if you like this type over here, you know, you should check this out. And uh, it, it really lets us make the experience very personal and cozy and warm in a way that is just great. Yeah. And I, and me, having worked at Borders and Barnes & Noble here in Evansville, there's very few of us that have done both of them. I have a fantastic core group of regulars that I've been suggesting books for, for for years now and that I've just gotten to know through working in the bookstore. And a lot of them, they just come in and they're like, what should I read? And I've gotten to know them to the point where like, I can be like, Hey, this book just came out. This is right up your alley. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's a good love story. It is just depends on the person, but that's kind of the, the, the best part about owning the bookstore is that we are surrounded by books, which we love. And we read a lot at work and get paid for it. Usually we read about books rather than getting to read the books, <laughs> but yeah, we do read a lot to each other. That is true. <laughs> yeah. I lay on the ground and stare at him while he sits in a chair. I have an obsession with the first sentence of books, and I have a collection of my favorites, sometimes first paragraphs. Okay. What's your favorite, Len? The, in my opinion, the greatest thing ever written is the first paragraph of The Haunting of Hill House. 
Uh, I can't do it from memory, but it ends with, and whatever walks there walks alone. And is, uh, it sets up the vibe for the whole book in a super interesting way. And you'll see in adaptations of it, they often include that whole first paragraph in voiceover because it's so like integral to the uh, story. It's, yeah, it's the most beautiful thing ever written. I don't know, the, inter- the introduction, the first paragraph of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. that's very it's good. Yeah. The Vogon yeah. ships hung in the air exactly the way that bricks don't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good Omens has a very similar kind of vibe to that. With, in the beginning, God created Earth, and this has made a lot of people very unhappy. Yeah. The, the whole introduction with the, um, he was off by nearly a quarter of an hour. It's, yeah, yeah. beautiful. The Dark Tower series, like yeah, yeah, that very first sentence, which I remember reading uh, Stephen King's like uh, editorial on it before I actually read the book. He was just talking about like he's just whole high on his own supply when it came to the first sentence, and the yeah. first sentence is basically just like the man in black fled and the gunslinger yeah. like the the fall. man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, that's a clean sentence. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'm gonna put up there with like tell two cities or something like that the, my my other favorite one is the first line of neuromancer is uh the sky was the color of a tv turned to a dead channel because it's like the most 80s sentence ever written <laughs> so uh what challenges have you guys encountered carving your own books for years start naming them i guess and we'll, just them all. <laughs> well there's your usual you know this is our first business i have my mba adam has a ton of bookstore experience so we were a great team to come into this but we definitely have never opened a bookstore before right. uh so there were a lot of things that we had to learn we had to hit the ground running we had to uh, figure out how to do our own marketing from the beginning. And I had never made a business budget for a real business before. So we had to kind of figure that out. Adam had always bought for corporate bookstores before. So the, the sorts of genres that we were expecting people to be very into are not necessarily the small bookstore genres. Uh, so our initial order had some some stuff in it that we still have. Um, <laughs> Talk about you Bronte sisters. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we've learned a ton as we have gone, and Adam has gotten excellent at knowing our audience. Yeah. And, it, yeah. I, I really enjoy talking about books, and that is what really makes the difference. And I really enjoy talking to Sam. So the two of us together kind of hit this Abbott and Costello sort of comedy bit whenever we start talking about books and it works really well. And um, I, I think our customers enjoy it. I know we, we enjoy it. Yeah. We enjoy them, but we also have, we have a small staff of four people, but each one of us has our own little niche that is fantastic. And we all do like our own thing. And, you know, Hamilton specializes in, in manga and our events. Linda is kind of our Jack of all trades. She does so much for us. Her, role is incredibly important to making our lives easier yeah and she knows a certain type of sci-fi better than anybody i know and whenever we start talking about books she always knows something to throw in there yeah which leads to more stuff and her questions are always open-ended and have really made us kind of think about life and think about like how we're going to go about stuff and so the fact that the four of us kind of serendipitously came together which which i love uh, is great and hamilton and i worked together at barnes noble for a number of years and i actually went to him before i went to sam and was like hey do you think that this would work and you know i there vividly remember the conversation where we were sitting at second language actually and we were trying to talk about figuring this out and then like literally the next day sam called and then a few days later we were looking at places so Adam told our mom that he was planning on opening a bookstore. And then she told me and I called Adam and I said, Hey, can I help you figure out why this is a bad idea? <laughs> uh, so then we sat down and we really dug in and did market research and we worked with the small business development center and they were huge for us. And, uh, yeah, definitely shout out to Kent Shatner and Josh Armstrong. And uh, yeah. That, that whole crew for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, 
we did all of the research and we looked at all of the numbers and I could not have been more wrong. Every trend was looking, you know, bookstore, independent bookstores are growing year after year. All of the money that's falling out of bookstores is coming from the huge corporations, which is interesting. If you exclude those numbers, like the trends are very much in our favor, then we started really looking at where do we want to be? So we looked at parts of town and we, we poured over the census. Oh yeah. Looking at demographics, looking at areas that could use the focus. And we didn't want this to be about making money. We know we accepted right off that there's no way we're ever going to get rich off of this place, but we can add something to the community that it is so hungry for, you know, we're, we're spoon feeding it and, and, and it's great. And, and, and the amount of love that we've been getting back and the amount of like attention has been huge. We've only been open six months. We're quickly becoming something and going downtown is where we decided because it's so central to everything. And we literally can get everywhere from downtown and everybody can get to us. Oh, and, uh, Books have always been east of 41. I mean, every bookstore, for the most part, has always been on that side of town. And we realized uh, downtown, it's been a long time since there's been a bookstore downtown or the west side or really anywhere other than the east side of Evansville. And we thought that it would be, you know, looking at the demographics and looking at the part of town and looking at the income levels and everything else. It, it, downtown was absolutely the right choice. Being right smack in the middle of Main Street, we didn't know that Main Street has its own economic improvement district, which means that we have people from the city whose entire job is to help us succeed in business. <laughs> and they are really good at what they do. Yeah. And we get the, the mayor comes by. Yeah. Like we, he walked by, waves. He comes in and talks to us. I never in a million years thought that this would be what my life has become. You know, it's just remarkable. So wait, so does America like shop there too? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, we, what's, we, his, what's his job? Guy? Ooh. I don't, I don't know. He spilled those secrets. He I, reads left wing propaganda. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I think it's all been nonfiction that he's gotten from us. He does a lot of. He does a lot of nonfiction. His, I guess, his wife. She comes in and just buys stacks of books oh, as yeah. well. I don't know. I don't feel like we should be talking about the mayor's reading. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who else do you want to know about, though? What other local yeah. celebrities? We'll tell you everything. You want to know about Nick Cage? Because <laughs> we can tell you all about Pig and Jiu-Jitsu and Massive Talent, every movie that he's made That's recently. Far. Are you looking up Nick Cage movies right now? Yeah. Yeah, when is the last time Nick Cage stopped by your bookstore? I'll tell you guys a true story is one time I was walking down the streets of New York City and running across celebrities was just something that happened. So my walk, I had to go through like essentially like through Times Square and like really popular parts of New York City. I walked from Ninth Avenue to Third Avenue through Midtown. There was one day where I was coming home and I looked up and I just saw this guy and I was like, what? you know, and he's walking with this very short woman and he had on like super tight pants and cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and a black shirt with like the sleeves tucked off and he just kind of had this swagger. And I was like, God, who? you know, like I saw him from far away and, you know, I'm listening to a podcast um, and walking and I look up and it's Nick Cage. And I, it was one of the few times in New York City where I was like, man, like this is cool. And, but it was in Midtown. And he was by himself with his wife in Midtown, which is surrounded by tourists and things like that. And so he's got a death wish. <laughs> he lives <laughs> life fast and furiously. Oh, it's not his movie. Nope. nope. It, sure, it is. Gone in 60 seconds. He, 60 he lives seconds. his life yeah. gone in 60 seconds. Yeah. yeah. He was holding House of Leaves. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume. He owns a Toronto Source Rex skull. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I know he used to have like twin like cobras and then you just like watch while the cars or the animals Uh, no the animals one of each one car one animal (laughs) (laughs) just lets it drive (laughs) Um, someone should make an adaptation of his life (laughs) I think that they just did yeah Yeah. so I've been in your shop before Um, thank you for that what did you think uh, it was pretty good. I bought a t-shirt. Oh, what t-shirt? Just one of your t-shirts. Oh, our t-shirts are so boring. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But I really like that you guys not only have books, you have like a very nicely curated selection of games. I am absolutely the worst person to talk to about games. Is this because you're bad at games or because you're too good at games? uh, No, I'm terrible. But it's worse than that because I'm so ADHD that I get about 10 minutes into a game. I'm like, what am I doing? Why why would I sign on to this? Like, and then I ruin the game, not for everybody, but, you know, for, yeah, kind of for everybody. That's fair. uh, I have, I, I just am not big into games. Now, the games that are quick and fast, Mm-hmm. that I'm into. But I'm the book brother. Sam is the game brother. And I will absolutely admit that I've worked alongside a number of people that know games. And especially at Barnes & Noble and just in general. Nobody knows games like Sam. And it makes my life so much easier because I can just say, you know, give me the two-minute version of this game. And I don't get a two-minute version. I get all... Uh, I don't do two minute anything. <laughs> and so I get the whole thing. I get every detail about the game, but enough to where I can pull away and talk about it with customers. And one thing I love to, to do with customers is just level with them and say, I don't know anything about games, but this is what I've been told about this game. This is what I've been told about this game. This is what I've been told about this game. And then from there, you know, God bless Google. Like, you know, I just, oh, Google like, is I'm so like, good. Let's go, let's go watch a tabletop thing, you know, and. I can't do that with every customer whenever it's busy, but like if it's slow in there, like I'm going to shoot the breeze with them. My my favorite thing about our board game selection is that every game in there has one thing that makes like one very unique facet that I can say it's kind of like this game and this game and this game, except in this one, you have a yak, you're walking behind a wagon, <laughs> you know, and uh, all of the wooden figures are shaped like yaks. That's a game that's coming this week. I'm very excited about it. Is it called Yakking Around? It's called Yak. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I may swing by and pick that one up. <laughs> Sounds great. But it makes it uh, very easy to pitch a game. If uh, Most people who come in to look for a board game, the first thing they say is, I love Settlers of Catan. And Settlers of Catan is the ultimate gateway game into good games. I'm throwing that shade out there. That's okay. That's uh, fine. I hate Settlers of Catan. But, you know, Settlers of Catan has a whole smorgasbord of facets that are in other games that are like the great touchstone. So I take some care in curating our selection. I really enjoy doing that. And I try to make everything interwoven to a degree where I can say, it's like this. Have you played this? Oh, you love Wingspan. Uh, This is also an engine builder, that kind of thing. We definitely do a lot of word-based games. Oh, yes. I guess Mm -hmm. it's the, I don't know what it's actually called. I like to call them bar games uh, because Adam and I love to take a game into a bar and just play there, uh, like super fight. Uh, the, mm. the ultimate okay. type of games are the ones where you can get bored of it and just stop playing. And then it doesn't matter who won, uh, because you've already had your fun, yeah. you know, and the rowdier, the better. Yeah. Especially whenever it comes to like bar games and things like that. And if there's any bars listening that want us to come host super fight, <laughs> you just let us know. We will get people angry at yeah. each other. We will fight <laughs> with words. Well, we'll channel people's existing anger. That way they don't do other angry bar things. Like not tipping. I do I do just want to know, have you guys uh, played Secret Hitler? Oh, yeah. Okay. Secret Hitler? Yeah. My I, husband is obsessed with this game. What is Secret Hitler? Secret Hitler is the people that made Cards Against Humanity, which yeah. oh. you should not Google because it has broken bad. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm very aware. Secret Hitler is a, it's almost like One Night Werewolf, Mm -hmm. uh, where it's like a hidden role game. (laughs) Yeah, it's social uh, deduction. um, The revolution, where uh, everyone is basically trying to pass laws, and there is secretly a Hitler, and there are fascists hidden in with like the whatever other side. Uh, The liberals, I think. Yeah, the liberals. It's fascists and liberals. (laughs) (laughs) So this is just like going to like Hardee's for coffee in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hardy's is the Hitler of. Oh, hold on. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Leave no, that in. But, uh, who's Hitler again? <laughs> it's a great one though because so many people are involved in each decision that it like takes a lot more work to figure out who's good and who's bad but in each round. Hitler. There's one secret Hitler. Well, in the the point of the game is actually social commentary where it it's hard to tell who Hitler is. Hitler is like demonized in reality, of course, but in history, 
And it's easy to forget why he was able to do the things that he did. And this game shines a light on like, there are fascists and they do get stuff done. And it's hard to tell when they're doing that. Well, it's like that thought project that like uh, people will always do for presentations where it's like, here's three random people. And this one person does all these like immoral stuff. The second person does all these immoral stuff. And then this third person looks perfect on paper. And then it turns out the third person's Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it always happens. Yeah. yeah, the third person's always Hitler. It's all, it's all fun and games yeah. until the third person's Hitler. <laughs> Is that enough Hitler talk? <laughs> yeah, ten more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be the best podcast ever. <laughs> it might be the last podcast. What about you? Do you guys play? Are you guys board gamers? Do you guys do games? I don't. Well, you play video to, games, right? I play with lots of you. But do you do you do like the emu- isn't there an emulator that you can do board games on? Oh yeah, there's yeah, yeah. yeah there's tabletop some, simulators. Yeah, yeah. yeah the I, best I, of them. I, I do have like uh, digital versions of like Ticket to Ride, Star Wars, Catan, but I just not have I've not dived into them. I I was getting ready to say I don't have a lot of friends who play board games, but then I realized you were about to go like, yep, that look you were giving me right now, Alan, like that look exactly. That look you keep turning me down when I invite you over. <laughs> Maybe wow. it's personal. Yeah. Look at what we've started. <laughs> Mommy and daddy are fighting. <laughs> also, I work like six days a week. And she's just like, hey, come over. I'm like, I, I'm dead. I, I too have Which is more fair. games than time. Betrayal at House on the Hill is a big one in my household. Uh, Wingspan. Oh, yeah. I do like Wingspan a lot. Yeah. Secret Hitler. Ultimate Werewolf. And any of those kind of games where we can uh, get all of our friends pointing fingers at each other is like a a big draw. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like Kill Dr. Lucky. I do like that. Oh, game. Yeah. oh yeah. My wife and I get into, try to get into games where it's just like you, you play against the system. It's mm-hmm. like games like Horrify. Yeah. Like the yeah. Jaws game. You're like, I love the Jaws game. It's where you flip the board halfway through and it becomes a completely different board game. So smart. Two games in one. Yeah. Why aren't more games using the backside of the board? Yeah. You hear that, game developers? We want we want the backside of the game, the backside of the board. That's wasted real estate. If you want to know the future of uh, tabletop gaming, listen to this like library podcast from like Southwest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the best podcast in the library, like hands down. I don't know if there's other podcasts that the library does. No, this is the only one. Oh, yeah, this is right. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Jamming with Josh is that the one you said earlier? Jamming with Josh. Yeah, we did get it. Yeah, we got like. I wouldn't say it was family, but like someone who worked at old nationals. I was like, "Hey, we listen. I listened to all the old little podcasts, and hey, yeah, you, that you felt very good. Bad. Yeah, it's like, oh, all right. You did a D and D episode. I like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. excellent. Ooh, we can do a D and D episode. Yeah, I'll I'll come and do a one shot for your podcast. We already where, did that. Well, Ooh. I'll come and do a, a second, yeah. a, two do a two shot. Do I get to play uh, this time? Oh yes, yes, we should. Do that. I'll I'll commentate the whole time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the dice has been rolled. So when we were playing, like we had, she had already explained to us beforehand, like, hey, it's going to be focused on library. You guys are going to a library in this camping. Don't forget that. And so I I did camping, not. Okay, well, that you, isn't how I couched it. I said okay. I have a book of things that are set in the library. Well, that was the whole thing why we were doing the D&D campaign. It's like, yeah, it's going to be centered around library, and like the first thing Ryan, one of the other players, did was he was given two options. Option A, take the mission involving the library, or option B... Go to a swamp. Go to the swamp, which I think you probably just made up on the spot. Yeah. Go to the swamp. And just completely... (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you work at the library. Like, you want to go there. Yeah, drain the swamp. Yeah, drain the swamp. She did an amazing job of turning it into a commentary on Disney and whatnot, so... Yeah. And that was called The Page Master. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't seen that in a Cage movie. He plays the kid. He does? No. <laughs> Watch him end up being one of the books, though. Watch him listen to this podcast. Yeah. He's probably like, oh, I love this podcast. It was <laughs> Nick Cage, Whoopi Goldberg, and I don't know, Mufasa? Did Mufasa? Yeah. That's James Earl Jones. No, what, no it's the other way around. Vader. How much copywritten stuff can we talk about on this podcast? No one's come to yell at us yet. Anyway, so I was hanging out with George Lucas. <laughs> You've mentioned how much you guys are involved with the community and your place downtown. What kind of programs do you have coming up? So we applied with uh, one of our publishers to hold an official Where's Waldo celebration. 
it is very over the top and we're excited about it. Essentially, we are going to hide 24, well, 26 total Waldos across the city. Uh, two of them will be in our store. 24 of them will be in other businesses around the city. We have all parts of town. We Local have businesses. all types of stores. We had some criteria going in. They're all locally owned. Most of them are single location stores and all of them are family friendly or at least all ages. Uh, we do have one bar, but that bar is open to all ages. Basically, there is a passport that will be available at all of those locations. We'll also put all of those locations out on social media and everything so that it'll be known. But if you find at least 10 of those Waldos, then you get a dollar off coupon for a Waldo book and you get a temporary tattoo. But more excitingly, if you find at least 20 of them, you get put in for a drawing for a uh, deluxe hardback set of books. We're, we're giving away five of them. We also uh, will be seeing if any of those other businesses want to donate anything for a prize basket. Uh, there will be interest for that. We'll have some prize baskets to give away to, to those people. And on the final day, so uh, July 30th, or the final Saturday of it, we have just been approved to close down 5th Street between Locust and Main. So it's where SEMO uh, already has their sandbox set up. We're closing off the rest of the street. We're mm. going to have a couple of food trucks there. I think Snow Cone is one of them. Hopefully. Uh, um, snow cones. Yeah. We're going to have a number of activities and decorations and things. And uh, I think it's it'll be from uh, two to six that day. Uh, I'm saying it in a podcast, so now it's cemented. The goal of it is to fill the street with as many people as possible, come dressed as goofy as you want to. And then we're going to take a drone photo of everyone in the street, and then I'll be out there dressed as Waldo. So we'll have a, a real Evansville Where's Waldo picture. Nice. I think it's also important to touch on that Sam's going to be cosplaying the entire month as Waldo, going yeah. to these different places, mm. just cruising around on his bike. Yeah, I'll be around town uh, just dressed as Waldo, so look for me. Uh, I'm shaving for it. I have a costume guide. Yeah, just my face. Uh, they they sent the official Waldo do's and don'ts so that I will always be behaving as Waldo he does. He literally got prescription glasses made. I. I did. So that he can look like Waldo. <laughs> they, I love living in the future. They were not expensive. <laughs> you, you're going to swing by the library as Waldo, oh, yeah. right? I'm, okay. This is walking has, distance. They're yeah. getting one of the Waldos. Oh, yeah. Central ah. Library here. Central li there will be one of the Waldos hidden yeah. somewhere so in Central Library. It's on the passport. Forever. Okay. So in 10 years from now, whenever you're going back and listening to this podcast, that Waldo is still here. And if you can't find it, you're not looking hard enough. <laughs> So that's a hot tip for anyone who does listen to our podcast. Yeah, just knock over those bookcases. Just yeah, mm -hmm. it's definitely behind books. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> and there's people here, and they don't want you to put them back, so just put them on a cart for somebody else to put on, or just stack them on the floor. Yeah, if you think about it, Waldo is kind of a national treasure. <laughs> that's true. I would agree. So I was gonna say, Sam, it, uh, it also suspiciously sounds like a boy just did like. Just so you don't have to work at the bookstore for a month and just be riding around your bike. <laughs> Joke's on you. I don't ever work at the bookstore. <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't think about that. That's a month. You want to know a fun uh, tangential fact about me? Absolutely. I worked at Waldo Library when I was in college. Yeah. Waldo Library? Yep. Western Michigan University, their main library is the Waldo Library. Is it like shaped in like a hat? No, no, it it was a you know some actual dude's name. Oh, it was Emerson. Well, it was Emerson. Yeah, that's no, yeah. Surprisingly, that is who Waldo is based off of. Well, the American name, yeah. the The British name Wally is actually a completely different person. He's an alligator. Yeah, I'm I'm looking it up so I cannot disparage my school too bad. Mm -hmm. That it's who's it named after? Yeah, Waldo Walder. It's Waldo, Michigan. What is Waldo's last name? I feel like I should know if it's a if sure, he has one. Yeah, one. yeah. The, I have to be able to answer questions. Fingers at all are time. furiously typing right now. <laughs> we see lots of Google. This is probably the most research we've done in episode. 
It's important to know that... I am always doing research in episode. How dare you, sir? <laughs> this is the point where we do a series of visual jokes. Like, look at that bowling ball holder. That is by far the biggest pencil I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe you wore that. I, I literally cannot find... Oh, um, Who's that guy in the corner with a cape? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I worked at Dwight B. Waldo Library. His last name was Waldo. Yes. That's even cooler. Dwight Waldo? Mm-hmm. This guy for sure wore glasses, right? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's got a library named after him. Yeah, that's Nerd. true. Nerd. He has so much time now. Oh, well, you didn't talk about the, the name of the town Western Michigan University is in. Kalamazoo. Oh, that's wow. a, yeah. That's my favorite fun instrument. Yeah. There are a lot of fun names in my life. My name is Pancake. Name, name 10. 10 fun names in your life. Let's see. Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. Waldo Library was a good one. That's two. That's two. I've been to Sheboygan. Does that count? Sure. Yeah, it's three. That's great. Okay. Mackinac. Oh. Uh-huh. They don't have to be just cities. Yeah. So that's four. That's I mean, I, th- I think it, it taps out because my last name is Pancake. Mm. And like anything past that. It's worth six, I think. Well, I'm more of a waffle guy, but I mean, that's okay. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm straight pancakes through and through, <laughs> as everybody knows about me. It's number one fact. I My favorite celebrity is Dwight Waffle. Is it? <laughs> I don't have any more. Did he a, a parrot named Jimmy, Jimmy Boy? Boy? Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Boy Waldo. <laughs> Do we find out Waldo's last name? I I, I really don't think he has. It's one. like Cher or Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just single word names. Mm-hmm. It's like Waldo Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fun and games. So we, we reported an unboxing whenever we got all of the things, and we did like fifteen takes of it because. Most of them, I like lost the thread very quickly. But in one of them, I did accidentally hint that Waldo killed someone. <laughs> and, uh, that's true. and that's why he's on the run. Well, and we, my realization was whenever we put out the social media post originally, I put that it was a international event and not a national event. And Oof. the publisher emailed me and asked me if I would edit it. So they're watching for sure, yeah. uh, uh, keeping an eye to make sure like brand is on on brand and everything. And nobody's saying Waldo's a murderer. Right. <laughs> right. That's got to be on their list, right? So, we'll yeah. Po- we'll post that blooper. What is this, July? <laughs> well, hopefully, we might have that posted by now. I, I did save that one, that one blooper because it is so funny. But the best part is we went through all of this time to film all of this stuff and then I posted it on social media and cut Sam's head off. So it's <laughs> like literally just his hands that are in this video. That's all that anybody cares about anyway. It's important to know that I've been doing social media for about a month and a half at this point. Mm. That is true. In general. Prior to doing it for the store, the last time that Adam had social media, you needed a .edu for Facebook. Yeah. It's very different. You could throw sheep at each other and stuff. Farmville was a thing. But it's been it's been a while. I uh, studied marketing. Did you? Yeah. True. This day of Facebook and Instagram, forget it. We still have a strategy guide for Farmville over in our <laughs> yeah. Does it tell you to neglect your children? Um, I think that's chapter five. Yeah. Does it say defriend Tom from MySpace first? <laughs> oh, I think, well, there's a lot of like screw MySpace and language in there. So probably. Excellent. Plus, yeah. I still use MySpace. Yeah. That's predominantly what I use. Like MySpace. Your that's space. unfortunate. Yeah. Personal space. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point it's our space. Uh, yeah, so Waldo is uh, going to be a big thing. It's getting bigger and bigger every time. And it's just, it's funny because it snowballed. It was like a small idea. And we saw that there was this thing and we applied for it. And Sam was like, I'm going to go talk to the city. Because, you know, the, the downtown development group is like just a few blocks away. And Sam just walks into their office all the time. Way too often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just goes in and he's like in their office. He's like, hey, and just sits down starts talking about whatever but he like is gone for like maybe 10 minutes and he comes back and claps his hands and he says they're on board and i knew right there this was about to get really out of control and really big and it has and it is so how do you pitch that to like city officials you just go in and be like so i was thinking about where's waldo but on a larger scale so usually my first line is so i have an idea uh but this time uh i I walked into their offices and i just told them so we applied for this where's waldo event and we are allowed to basically hold whatever party we want we just it has to be waldo centered 
and they're encouraging us to get as much local involvement as possible. And the whole point of this event is uh, it's a shop local event, essentially. It's literally called Find Waldo Local to encourage people to go find those local businesses that they don't always go to. So, you know, the way that I pitched it was we're going to hold this Waldo event. The whole point of it is to shine the light on local businesses and the local community. And I think that it would be a a good way to get, you know, Main Street's cohesiveness out in the, the limelight. We we do so much stuff with the other businesses on Main Street. We've really formed a community and we always are popping into each other's stores and six and zero provides anything that has a good smell in our store. Uh, Mary <laughs> Allen has like curated our store's smell over time. Uh, only the good ones. Mary Mint is going to be doing some of the decorations for Waldo and Emerald Design, the florist behind Six and Zero. That's pretty new. They're a couple of months old at this point, but they will just walk in with like a bouquet of flowers and say, Hey, we want you to have this. There's a real sense of community not just between us and the people that live downtown, but also all of the downtown businesses. And uh, we, as much as possible, try to lift each other up. One of the best things that we've been watching that we've noticed has been downtown has really started developing. Oh, yeah. And before we even came in, we recognized that there were a number of businesses that have really become a staple on Main Street, such as High Score Saloon. We, we couldn't do what we're doing on main street if it wasn't for that kind of crowd and for that kind of young energy back whenever i was a kid and we would go down to main street it was scary it wasn't it was all it was desolate there were tumbleweeds going across like the yeah. road it was just quiet there was yeah. very angry people screaming at things and now you know they've really 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 turned it around and our neighbors are great yeah. and the fact that evansville is really trying to bring their downtown scene alive just goes to prove how what we were talking about mm -hmm. uh, of trying to bring some culture and some more culture yeah. to the town and that people are ready for a scene, if you will. Franklin was like kind of the beginning of it and now downtown is beginning to develop. And there's these little pockets that are just great and the stores work together. So Main Street is becoming this walkway again where we've got a, a, a bar with an arcade. We've got a burger place. The Peepholes Burgers, hands down, my favorite on the block. I love them. Yeah. Um, Insomnia Cookies is coming in, which is mm -hmm. going to be serving cookies until 3 a.m. We're there. We're the best on the block. Tiki on Main. They're, they're our neighbors. They're great. We, yeah. we are so fortunate to have the people that we do around us that uh, there's no way we could do what we're doing without them. And it's all just worked out and kind of fallen into place. And I, and I really encourage people to come downtown. A lot of people haven't, we get, to, we hear a lot that a lot of people say, you know, I haven't been downtown in, you know, five or six years. This is great. Yeah. So like coming down and checking out downtown, yeah. including them, so public library is Which, really important and, and, and good for everything, especially us. The organization that is doing all of the downtown development right now was founded in 2020. So they're, very new and really hit the ground running and have already made huge changes and it's just going to get better. Yeah. yeah. I feel like any strong downtown, uh, like if someone wants, like you're not going to downtown for one specific place, like the destination is downtown. Yeah, for sure. Right. Right. Definitely. Which leads to interesting challenges also. Like when it rains, people don't want to go downtown because they don't want to walk around in the rain and the entire street shut down on Mondays for some reason. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. But I use it as my office day. Many businesses are closed on Mondays, but everybody's kind of hitting a stride right now and downtown is changing again. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And we're, it's interesting because we're watching everybody do their own thing mm -hmm. and we're all close enough that we're seeing it. You know, and it's not uncommon for River City and us to have lunch together just because we're in the same place at the same time. But, you know, yeah. we shoot the breeze and, and it's wonderful. But Everybody's individually doing their own thing, but we also, anytime there's an event where everybody can come together and do stuff, we do. You know, I, I'll go around and during, there was a, um, a bull riding event that we had a lot of fun with. And we just went through and wrote on the sidewalk, you know, sidewalk chalk. This is where this is. This is where this is. Made arrows going everywhere. And then the National Guard came in and put their, 
display up over the top of <laughs> our directions and stuff like that for some reason. I can't, but, <laughs> yeah, I, but, but we, uh, it, it's really nice. And, you know, like, and kind of one of the nice things was I, I, I wrote stuff out in front of Tiki on Main for them about $5 beer. You know, I just like, hey, you know, they're having this special. I literally had two of the three owners or two of the four. I don't know how many people own it, but it seems <laughs> like there's a couple pop in and just thank us for like literally writing on the thing. And then the next day, Sam pointed out that I wrote $5 beers out in front of signature school <laughs> with an arrow pointing. Six school was out at the time, but nonetheless, like it was one of those. Well, and the, the $5 drink special was just for that day, but yeah. it was left out overnight. So I went out it with a watering can and a broom and <laughs> wiped up all of the sidewalk chalk to make sure that people weren't going in and asking for $5 beers the next day. <laughs> We're still us. Yeah. <laughs> With all this uh, exciting stuff happening downtown and all these new businesses, do you guys have a favorite experience since you've opened? The tunnel. For me, it's been the tunnel, finding the tunnel underneath. Yes, I'm glad we're touching on this. So the tunnel has been a weird experience. It's unbelievable. It's been there forever. Yeah. So you guys have always known about the tunnel, right? Well, we knew kind about of. the basements. So I'm completely. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, you are about to have your mind blown. So, I'll start at the beginning. Uh, so starting at the beginning for us specifically, uh, our building is actually three buildings that are split up. Uh, or four, four, but two of them are Milano's. Uh, it's broken up in the middle so that he has both spaces. And then there's uh, an empty space next to us. So down when we tore up our floors, we found a trap door underneath uh, and when you go down there, there's like a 10 by 10 brick basement and there's a hole in one of the walls that we assumed was where they bricked up in between the buildings whenever they split it up, uh, you know, just the basement next door. Right. Uh, so there's a hole I'm holding up my hands like people could see it, but it's maybe 18 inches wide, eight inches tall. It's very small. Uh, and we peeked around in it, but it's, it's also pretty deep. So you can't really see much like on the other side. In, like the light keeps going. Mm. So we weren't sure what this was. Either. Right. The rumor with all downtown underground spaces is that they were related to the underground railroad, which, uh, Adam mentioned to someone from the African American museum and just randomly at like, 8.30 in the morning, I get a call one day from the African American Museum from one of the curators there uh, named Tori asking, hey, we heard you have this space. We've been looking for physical evidence of Underground Railroad activity, and we would be interested in looking around. Cards on the table, probably not uh, Underground Railroad related. Uh, of course, there were no actual tunnels where people were moved in the underground railroad for the most part but what they actually had were small bolt holes where people would stay until nightfall and then be able to escape and she said you know they they have found one actual physical evidenced place where people where slaves stayed and were able to move on uh under the willard house they were interested in, in looking at the space under us so I was like, yeah, no problem. There's really nothing to see down there. You know, it's a 10 by 10 space. I can't stand up in it. Uh, it's not very exciting. But she said, no problem. We want to come look at it. So three people came and there was a man with them that is, you know, pretty short and skinny. And he said, you know, getting into places like this is like what he loves to do. Uh, so he asked, can I squeeze through the hole? And I said, yeah, but like when you're past the wall, you're not in our building anymore. So don't tell my insurance company I'm saying on a podcast. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're you're no longer I don't know how liability works here. So just be careful over there. <laughs> so he squeezes through. It takes him like 90 seconds to wriggle through this little hole. Uh, and uh, he and he's still there to this yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> so we bricked it up behind him. Amontillado. Is that Amontillado. the <laughs> He, he squeezes through and he says, hey, this isn't a basement. This is a tunnel. And he's talking to us and walking. And there comes a point where we just can't hear him anymore. He's too far away. It's called Doppler. It, yeah, the Doppler effect went into effect. <laughs> I'm up doing our like normal opening things. They're down in the hole. This guy's in a tunnel. 
every so often I hear, oh, we found something. And then Tori asks, do you have a box or something that I can start putting things in? So it starts with like broken jugs and then whole bottles and then like metal valves and porcelain pipes and all sorts of things like that. And what they, they, they did not find physical evidence of the underground railroad down there. They found a spot they said could have been a bolt hole because there's like ventilation run to it, but you know, no, no way to know for sure. But what they did find was where the still was connected. So all of those valves and pipes and everything were where a still was installed at one point. All of those glass jugs were ready to be filled uh, and they all just got left behind when they took the still away. You know, the broken stuff stayed, the everything else went with them. They found a a little side room that had at one point several tables and chairs in it. One of the tables was built into the walls with a bench and is still there that they said uh, is just a gambling den. It's absolutely what it was. It's it's still speaking. Yeah. So they said after prohibition ended, there still were, there was a stigma against drinking in Evansville. And uh, basically if you were a white man who wanted to own a business or run for office, no one could ever see you drink. It's huge stigma against it. So they literally went underground to still drink and party. There is still a racial element to it. A lot of these businesses were black owned businesses because they were less likely for people to believe that there were white people hanging out in them. And they were more fun, apparently. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's what I, we, the amount of research that we have done into this has been a lot just because it's so cool. Yeah. So all of this happened. We found it before we opened. So like September, no, June. We no, found it last yeah. June. Yeah, about a year ago. Uh, and then haven't thought about it since. We literally screwed the trap door closed yeah. so that it wouldn't. we wouldn't have to worry about people falling down, essentially. Oh and then Tori reached out to us a month ago, maybe. So basically a year after we found it, they go down and they look and they, they find some cool stuff. And they said they wanted to 3D model it and then they'd give it back to us. And then we would be able to display artifacts from the store in the store, uh, which is very cool. And then again, out of sight, out of mind. Like this was a cool thing that happened. I talked about it a little bit when I went and bought coffee and then, you know, it went away. And then I get a call from the news asking, we saw the woman from the African American Museum posted pictures on Instagram. Can we come look at the site? The site? And we as a store haven't posted anything. No, not at all. At this point. We haven't uh, brought any attention to it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, there's literally nothing to see down there, but like, you're not going to fit through the hole. It's just going to be like a brick wall in a basement. And he said, doesn't matter. Want to see it. Uh, so he shows up and we do like a little bit of pre-interview and everything. And then again, it's before we open and I'm like, well, I'm going to go work on some stuff, but you do whatever you want. So we get him down into the basement and I help him get his camera down and he sets up and he does the light and he starts recording and he says, can I come back and do our like introduction to the five o'clock news live from your basement? (laughs) I was like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. So Adam's not even here yet, has no idea that any of this stuff is happening. (laughs) So when he comes in, I'm like, Hey, so the news is going to do news live from the basement when you come in. So yeah, they came back and they did that. And then it has just blown up from there. The the farthest that we know is the story got replayed in France. Yeah. So a French newspaper ran the story. They translated the original story into French. So my dumb quotes, someone took the time to translate into French. It it went out to like 64,000 people there. And then it ran on uh, NBC, like national news. And it, this like nothing story to us has ended up resonating with a lot of people. And it has no longer become a nothing story yeah. to us because we've really dove into it. And yeah. through that, we met a guy named Eric Jones, yep. who is, uh, he was doing genealogy research and then realized that his great grandfather was the captain of the booze boat, which we'll go back to here. Ooh. What the booze boat was. But through his research, he did a whole bunch of stuff about prohibition. And Evansville's prohibition era was is fascinating. There was roughly 250 saloons downtown. 
Okay, so prohibition happens. Two years before prohibition happened, Indiana goes dry. And this is what Eric has talks about in his book, among a number of other things. Um, but he, pro, Indiana goes dry, and there is a ferry kind of about where the LST is now that was going back and forth between Kentucky and Indiana. People were making alcohol in Kentucky and smuggling it over, right? So Evansville had a, a boat, a police boat. which One was, police boat. Nobody has, like at this time, nobody has police boats. Evansville has a police boat. What the police were doing was they were stealing the alcohol from these smugglers and then selling it out of the police station on Locust and Dirt. <laughs> it's wild. So the booze boat was the guy that was smuggling them from Kentucky into Indiana in a police boat. In the only police boat. Yeah, so spoiler alert, here, the, the end game of this is that the chief of police ends up in prison. The chief of Evansville's thing. I never knew any of this, like, growing up. Yeah. The mayor. The mayor. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, like, he completely reformed the police department because of how, like, rampant the corruption was. Specifically around, like, prohibition yeah. and things. Like, it, it, it's it, it's quite wild. Yeah, they were taking bribes from the businesses so that they could have these underground speakeasies, which they knew all about, and then they wouldn't raid them because they were being paid off. And it was a whole thing. So when... Eric reached out to us and then uh, we are talking to him. He's actually going to do a, uh, a speaking event here in the Browning room. The <laughs> Evansville police department reached out and said, is it okay if we amplify that like you guys are doing this thing and that the book will be in your store? And I was like, you know that this book is entirely about how corrupt the Evansville <laughs> police department was, right? They're like, yeah, it's been a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been great because then that led to a lady named Teresa. Yeah. I'm not sure of what her exact position was, but I believe that it's something along the lines of like historian for the police. And she worked with Eric as he was writing the book, doing research. And she just so happened to pop in to the store and was telling me about all of this stuff. And like the, they had, she's the one that helped provide all of the pictures and everything. So the police department has known about this for a long time, but this is a way for them to kind of have a good light in a way, yeah. even though it's corrupt and all that stuff. It's just kind of like to show. I, I, we'll I don't want to put words in their mouth, but it's an interesting way to show like how far they've come <laughs> yeah. Uh, from, yeah, blatant open corruption to. Yeah, like you know, crazy open production. Today. And so. Eric is going to come speak at, in the Browning Room at Evansville at the library here on July 23rd. So mark your calendars. And he is going to specifically be talking about the Prohibition era of Evansville. And it is fascinating. His book is called Wide Open Evansville. I'm promoting his book pretty heavily right now, so sorry, everybody. I'm sure the, the library is going to get some copies. We have it uh, in the bookstore if you want to come grab it. It is so interesting and the prohibition part of it is a good chunk of it but not all of it there's also the benjamin bossy fallout and the history of benjamin bossy is also incredibly fascinating and not at all what i knew growing up and he will be coming back later on around september to talk about the benjamin bossy fallout up but july 23rd is going to be a great event that's going to happen here if you're interested in Evansville's dark prohibition era. There was a red light district downtown at one time. It's where the casino is now. It's gone. It's, yeah, it's come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Evansville's downtown history is unbelievable. And and we knew nothing really about this stuff until we opened the store. But it's just so interesting that like we can't look away. Yeah. And we just keep getting deeper and deeper into our own tunnel. Every time we think we're out, they keep bringing us back in. Yeah. So, so you guys found a literal hole and went to a rabbit hole of like all this history. Yeah. It's also full of rabbits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a literal rabbit hole. I am nervous though that like one day we're, because, you know, obviously we go down and like, you know, we can't help ourselves, but explore right. it. Um, but we, uh, I I'm nervous that we're going to find a skeleton. Or something, you know, like a literal skeleton. Because then we're going to shut the store down, and people are going to have to go down there and do things, and, you know, we have to report it and stuff like that. So, 
I think it wouldn't be on our property, so it's somebody else's problem. I, how else are they going to get in, though? Going to tear the street up? <laughs> I was gonna ask brick by brick. I was going to ask you earlier, like, what did you think when you came to the store and said, like, hey, there's a guy with a camera in the basement? <laughs> For me, it's great. I'm used to that. <laughs> I often spring things on yeah. Adam. But. Yeah. Uh, I actually, whenever I came in and I found out, I had mentioned to African American Museum in passing about this tunnel. And it, Sam texted me. It was like the African American Museum is here to look at the tunnel. I'm like, what are you talking about? And it turns out they were. And then I came in and the news was there. And I was just like, is this a story? Like, <laughs> you know, like what, what is this? And it turns out that it is. It's a fascinating story. And it, there's a lot behind it that's just been forgotten. And sure, like people have known that these tunnels are there. And our tunnel is not the only tunnel. Yeah. There are many tunnels. There's actually pretty there. modern plumbing down there. So people have been down there. I mean, modern, not in the tunnel, like, in, in no, our cross space. Yeah, like in, in, in our cross. Yeah. We it, don't know how the hole ended up there. Right. Yeah. But in the tunnel itself, there's not anything. Right. But people have known about this thing. It's just crazy that, you know, there's still bottles in there. Yeah. That this has just been sitting here. We're going to put some more stuff out about it because it's just interesting. But we kind of have other things. This Waldo thing has taken up a little bit of time also. And the tunnel's been there for 100 years. I don't think it's going anywhere else. (laughs) One of the things that they found in the tunnel was a rolling cart that... Because so it goes under Main Street, and there's a building across the street that also opens up. It has a a similar hole that's slightly larger. Yeah. Uh, but there was a like wheeled cart in there that uh, they he couldn't figure out the year that it was down there, but it was covered in lichen. Like it has been like reclaimed. Nature is healing. But it, it was very cool. Yeah, these tunnels are a lot longer than. Yeah. It, it goes probably from our store on Main Street, under Main Street, under the store, almost locust. And then it cuts down towards the river. It's not all accessible from the tunnel, but you can like look into other things it opens into. We just need to find some smaller people to fit into yeah. these little holes. Just get my kids in there. You know, put some children in there. That's a great idea. Strap a camera to their head. <laughs> well, you know, the requirements here are probably you're not the next job busting too. So that's, yeah. that's true. Maybe we should just throw a drone in there. <laughs> I wonder if we can get in trouble for demanding that they be under four feet. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we can hire, I think that 14 is the age that you can hire. <laughs> They're little. I do have one other thing. Okay. Uh, we're working on opening up our second story. We have about 700 square feet up there that is uh, almost finished and it will be only community space. So the, the goal is to have no product up there. It's just a place for people to come study or read or play games. We'll have some art up there. We'll do classes, art classes, writing classes, We'll do how to play Dungeons and Dragons. We have like six dungeon masters who all have wildly different styles that are going to do like a master class, do it like me. So you'll get like different approaches to it. So we'll have everything from beginners for all of these things to advanced level things. We've been approached to do a bachelor party up there. The soon-to-be husband was told he could do whatever he wanted, and he said, I want to play Dungeons and Dragons, and I don't want to have to run it. Everyone's dream. Right. Yeah, we have all sorts of stuff going on up there. It's also where River City Pride meets. So at some point, we'll have a floor for them. (laughs) So what we're doing is we're doing a t-shirt fundraising. And if you go to our website, you can buy a t-shirt that has our specific logo for the upstairs. Yeah, it's called the Top Shelf. That's what we're calling the upstairs, the Top Shelf. This is all exclusive. Yeah, that's good. Exclusive. Looking right now, that is a nice shirt. Thank you. Thank you. The money that we make from the shirts is all going to upstairs, yeah. 100% of it. And if we have enough to do other things, that's great because we have other ideas. But the whole goal of us opening the upstairs is to give people a place to meet and do things. So if you have a chess club that you guys need a place to meet or you want to have a tournament or something, mm-hmm. we have a space. If you have a group of people, we have a nerd group that meets up there. Um, the Writers Guild meets out of the store. They probably will be doing some work up there. November is NaNoWriMo, which is mm-hmm. where you know, you're know you writing a lot. We will have upstairs for all of November. That, it will be dedicated as a space to come write and things like that. And so we want people to have a free space that they can come do whatever they want within reason. That they can come do whatever they want in as long as... 
we can't get a floor down. Yeah. So the first step is these t-shirts. Sorry, I got rambling. So uh, to buy this t-shirt and also to just kind of check up on these updates about the uh, top shelf, the second story, uh, you can go to your website. The URL is... Yourbrothersbookstore.com. There we go. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. <laughs> yeah. And before you guys leave, I do have a game prepared yeah. for all three of you. Ooh. I have here a selection of one-star reviews for famous books, and your goal is to name the book based off of the review. Love it. Love it. It's kind of a wild selection of things, so I don't know like how much you'll be familiar with any given title, mm-hmm. but we'll dive right in. This is a tough book to read unless you understand several languages and are on LSD. Princess Bride. Several languages is interesting. I'm going to say the Bible. Ulysses by James Joyce. Oh, oh that's fair. It's important yeah. to note that our store does not yeah. respect James Joyce. We do need that to be in the podcast. <laughs> acknowledge him. Do not edit this out. He's not part of the canon. I'm the Lurian canon, he's gone. <laughs> okay, let's go a very different direction. Review number two. Too many odd names and too much gobbledygook for a story. I have better things to do with my time. I've never been a Dungeons and Dragons fan either. Maybe that would have helped. George R. R. Martin stuff. I was going to say Fellowship of the Ring. I, I definitely thought all of you guys would get this one. Uh, Homeland, the first book in The Legend of Drist. Okay. Well, by R.A. Salvatore. Oh, there are essentially any fantasy Rose? book could yeah. fit in there. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah. 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 Explicitly Dungeons and Dragons. I like Drist. Drist Dorden. This one involves a list. Perfect. Uh, How can anyone like this book? What could be enjoyable about a book that primarily consists of a guide on A, how to cut grass, B, how to hunt bear, and C, how to abandon your own child for a gigolo? If I wanted all of that stuff, I would have read The Farmer's Almanac. Huh. These are some really good ones. Can you read that again? Can I get a second read on that? Or at least the list. Uh, okay. Cutting grass. Cutting grass, how to hunt bear, and how to abandon your own child for a gigolo. It's hatchet, I think. By- I don't remember. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> hatchet. <laughs> Do they teach how to cut grass and hatchet? Yeah, with a hatchet. That's what yeah. it's about. Yeah. <laughs> it's the whole point of the book. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's definitely hatchet then. I don't know. Aaron, do you have any guess? I do not. Is it the novelization of Deuce Bigelow, American Gigolo? <laughs> uh, no. This is Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy. Oh. Which yes. I, have, I haven't read that one, so I have no idea. It's kind of obscure for me. Wow, so far we're over three. Yeah. What's a book? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to give you guys uh, an easy one. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Gives little, if any, guidance on the killing of mockingbirds. False advertising. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. (laughs) Is it to murder a bluebird? You guys are are really going for like a straight zero here. Uh, No, to kill a mockingbird. Oh. Oh. Is it to buy Truman Capote? Almost. Oh, it's about a lawyer. (laughs) I love that Michael's correct. Okay, I have one more. My brain is just too logical for the satirical and whimsical novel. Wait, is it The Hitchhiker's Guide? Is it Candid? You guys like Candid? <laughs> we're, we're still a zero across the board. Oh, no. It probably is like Hitchhiker's Guide. I've never read satire or a book. Is it Terry Pratchett? Oh. Uh, is it? Discord? Yes. Oh. Yep. Oh. The Color of Magic. Oh, okay. Book one, Discworld. So we do have one point, which means we have a winner. Yeah. <laughs> that and my review you are the board. Leave your comments down below. Don't forget to click subscribe. It's a good game. Just because like the winner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anything else you guys want? Plug. Ooh, plug bag. Yeah, plug your pluggables. I feel like there should be a song, like a comedy bang bang intro song to us talking about the plug bag. Yeah. Go ahead and play that now. And we'll wait. This, okay. Yeah, this isn't stalling at all. <laughs> So, I guess just to recap, we've got a Waldo event going on all of July. We have a tunnel. There's a guy coming in to speak on the tunnel on July 23rd. 
at the library. There will also be a poetry event at the bookstore immediately after that's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of readings and things that go on through the store, and you can find uh, a calendar on our website or on our Facebook that have all of those events also. We have a lot of stuff going on. Just (laughs) This is on you guys. Yeah, we really do. I mean, it's hard for us to keep track of, but if you go to on our website, we do have a calendar, and we try to update that as much as we can. Mm-hmm. If you've if people have ever wanted to write a book, we can help you. If you if you have a book and you want a place to come show people, we have space. We are your bookstore. We want people to recognize that. Like, yeah, I mean, we're two brothers that opened a bookstore, but we opened a bookstore for Evansville. And we specifically try to cater to Evansville. We do have a regular customer who just published his first book yesterday. He started writing it yesterday. Yeah. It's a hundred pages of commas and it's called pause for affect hashtag, not a typo <laughs> that I guess is coming very soon. It's still being edited though. Because there's <laughs> it's a review. The place. They made him <laughs> listed as a journal. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Like, this is a run-on comma sentence. Yeah. Yeah. It's comma space, comma space for 100 pages. Yeah, it's $150 also. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, they made him list it as a journal because (laughs) it basically is a lined journal. (laughs) That's great. What about you guys? You guys got anything you want to plug? Happy 4th of July, everybody. Yeah, uh, we have lots of stuff going on all the time here as well. You can always check our website, evpl.org, for our events calendar. And if you have any comments, questions, or concerns specifically for us here at the podcast, you can shoot us an email at podcast at evpl.org. Thanks again, guys. Uh, thank you for both of you for taking time out of your very busy schedule. Oh, our pleasure. Um, I know I hate to drag you away from that hole, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam, thank you for being here. You're welcome. And I'm sorry for everything we've said. <laughs> Adam, <laughs> congratulations on winning. Yes. With that, everyone, feel free to comment below about how it's not about winning or losing. It's about the friendships we make along Actually, the way. It, so if you can figure out how to comment below on yeah. platforms that do not allow that, then definitely email us and tell us how you did. Well, don't do that. Just write it on a piece of paper and put it directly into the trash can. Make, make sure in that email you include which one of us sounds more attractive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> make sure you can t- if you can tell the difference between Sam and Adam's voice because oh, yeah. people come into the bookstore all the time and they have no idea which, who's who they just know that there's Sam Adams and Alexander Hamilton <laughs> alright well thank you once again everyone for joining us and we will see you next time bye I got the last word